0: Good evening, everyone. This is the Everything F1 podcast, the first of its kind. Uh, I'm James Tiller. I am your host for today, and I've got with me my two lovely assistants, Jamie Cooper and Sponge. Let's like say hello, lads. How you doing? Hello. <laughs> right. So, Jamie, we'll go. We'll start with you, Jamie Cooper, Coops, as we call you on the page. How did you get into F1? What was your one? What's your earliest memory of F1? Oh uh,
1: well. I think, to be honest with you, when I was younger, my mum sent me to watch Formula 1 to keep a road, to be fair. Uh, uh, I've been watching it as long as I can remember, but my, probably my lasting memory would be that uh, faithful weekend where Erton Senna passed with Roland Ratzenberger. Uh, and uh, also, we all know what happened with Barrichello as well. That, that's kind of what's stuck in my memory.
0: And then I've dipped in and out of it basically ever since. Well, you've been providing some really good content for the page. Really happy to have you on board. Okay, and we've also got Sponge. Uh, Sponge, I've known from uh, school. Um, James Houghton is his actual name. We're all James, Jamie, or James on this page. Um, So, Sponge, give us a bit of information about how you got into F1, what's your earliest memory, and, you know, just lay down the line.
2: I I think my earliest memory that I can remember now, because considering that I forget everything like five minutes later, my earliest memory now, I think, is when my dad used to have like VHSs of the old Formula One season reviews, and it was like 88, 89, and 90. And then I really started to get into Formula One. Um, Anybody who knows me, I'm an absolute air and center nutcase, um, worship the ground that he used to walk on. Um, a lot of my art is to do with um, Senna as well. Um, so yeah, it's, that's that, they are my earliest memories. I think they're my best memories as well. To be honest with you, that's that's the kind of golden era for me. Then what, late eighties years, early nineties years, towards when Senna passed.
0: Definitely the golden yeah. years for Williams. And you re- you remember that fateful day? I'm guessing. I'm watching that race. I do.
2: I remember. I remember watching the news. I remember Murray Walker talking when we were watching the race and it was, you could, you could automatically tell that something really bad had happened because he went from commentating to really, really, you know, you, you could tell in his voice that he knew that there was something really bad going down here. I think he was mm-hmm. the only person in the world that could really have dealt with that moment the way it needed to be dealt with as well um yeah respectfully
0: and kind of yeah, yeah absolutely the,
2: there was nobody else and there hasn't ever been anybody in the world uh, in the world since that could have dealt with that like he did um yeah i mean mm. ever since then i've been a bit obsessed with Senna, um on track off track everything so yeah he's a bit of an inspiration a bit of an icon mm-hmm. um and they yeah they are the, the earliest times that i remember they were they were the the better times of formula one i think
0: yeah no they you know the glory days, I- I'll, I'll talk about my my earliest memory um i never actually liked f1 when i was a kid <laughs> i used to i used to go to my you know my my, my dad's uh parents um for the first sunday dinner and, and it used to be on the telly in the background and my dad was like shh, shh, shh formula one's on there we're watching the formula <laughs> one and i'm like God oh, can we watch something interesting or can we go and do something this I, you know i just didn't i didn't <laughs> understand the the fascination but then obviously over time you you watch and you watch and uh, it's it's on in the background then you're like oh what's what's happening now oh, this this is happening and these these races are getting better they they're going to the front and they are performing and performing and you, and you see all this going on and you're like oh this it's got me interest now my dad's talking about it a bit more he's obviously getting excited about it because he's, he's well into it. So his excitement kind of rubbed off onto me, really, and and by osmosis, uh, if, <laughs> if it is such yeah. a way, I, I kind of got into Formula One that way. But um, I do remember, again, obviously, we're going back to the Senna uh, situation. I, I wasn't massively into Formula One at the time, but it was on in, yeah. in the house. And I do remember the, the kind of the mood in the house was completely changed. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you, you just know that at that point that something, was, something serious had happened. Um, with, with, and he obviously had. So, yeah, so that's my earliest memory also uh, of Formula 1. And, and, but now I'm, I'm massively into Formula 1. Um, I would like chatting to you guys uh, in our little admin chat. Um, and I created the page Everything F1 uh, a few years back. Um, off the back of, uh, I created a, uh, a group, a page uh, on Facebook. It's because at the time, McLaren were messing about. With Jensen Button uh, oh, and, not, yeah. and not giving him his seat, 2015, I think it was, um, yeah. uh, and it, they, they kind of kept him hanging, basically um, all over the winter break. And I just made a page saying, "Come on, McLaren, pull your finger out," and uh, and keep uh, Jensen Button on for next year. And I shared it; it gained some traction with lots of people, you know, agreeing with me. They joined the page. I was having lots of conversations with people. It was, uh, you know, I, I it. it it gave me another level to my formula one um you know formula one fun formula one um my, the, you know the fact that i like it and and, and i decided that from that point mm-hmm. after this situation happened that you know jensen button did get his drive i thought, like, well what am i going to do now I, I enjoyed what i was doing i know i'll just start my own page and that's where everything f1 came um came on board and then i, I tried to post lots of stuff and it wasn't building as much traction as the you know the. The, the jensen button page at the time mm. so it, i kind of petered out for a bit uh, and that's when i got got talking to uh, jamie cooper um, on another on another site and we, we got talking and we said let's let's give it another go so that's what we're doing now and I, hopefully we we've we're, we're getting lots of uh, people on board and it's it's slowly gaining more traction and we, we're hopefully going to build it into something really you know, enjoyable for the fans. You guys are enjoying it too. You guys are enjoying being oh, part yeah, of the yeah, page definitely. too.
2: yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yep, for sure. Long, mate, for sure. It continue. As long as
1: we have some things to <laughs> talk about. We don't <laughs> want to have the French GP every week. Then that might end up being a bit of an issue.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> Should we go on to a bit of race reaction then? So we've just come off the Austrian Grand Prix. Now, was that or was that not yeah! <laughs> what we wanted to <laughs> what we wanted to see with a race? Who who, who enjoyed the Austrian Grand Prix?
2: Oh, it was brilliant. I loved it. It was it's amazing. Great. I think the general consensus is that everybody enjoyed it.
1: Not everyone was happy with the end result is another question, but you know, it was uh, it was definitely what was needed after the French Grand Prix.
0: Uh, yeah. the race of the season, would you call it the race of the season
2: so far? Yeah,
1: yeah, it has to be.
2: Definitely, yeah. and I'd even go so far as to say it had the potential to be, to, to be the race of the decade, no, but right. it wasn't.
0: Oh, it oh, did We'll go, happen. Into, why, we'll go <laughs> yeah. into why you think that in a little bit. Shall yeah. You? So, <laughs> first of all, then, if we ask Jamie to maybe have a, give us a brief summary of, of what he noticed uh, uh, throughout the race.
1: not to bother. Okay. So if we go back, Qualifying actually was kind of the the start of the the race. Really, it was the start of the excitement, uh, namely due to Hamilton not really knowing how to get out of the way of a car, uh, which which helped. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, And then, obviously, if anyone was watching the coverage of it, uh, Raikkonen was pointing out and showing us about the planes that were flying overhead when he was driving past Hamilton. Uh, Oh yeah, that one, yeah. uh, (laughs) So yeah, there was a number of penalties. There was two penalties, uh, three penalties, sorry, uh, prior to the start of qualifying, and that was for uh, the Toro Rosso of Albon and Sainz and the McLaren. uh, I think it was full power unit changes, so they were at the back of the grid. Magnussen had taken a 5 plate grid penalty for a gearbox change, which then, I think he took more penalties after qualifying, uh, which dropped him further down the grid. Uh, so uh, and then during qualifying is that for driving for Haas no no the punishment <laughs> for driving for Haas is to drive for punishment Haas. Uh,
2: okay but
1: <laughs> uh, so uh, if you get punishment it's Gunter Steiner comes round for dinner uh, uh,
2: oh yeah I know I'll pay for that uh, <laughs> so
1: qualifying kind of the usual suspects dropped out on Q1 yeah, your Williams drivers at the back Force India. Uh, sorry, Sports Pesa Racing Point. Uh, I think that's all the words. It is uh, I'm going to have we're going to have to get a, a Force India jar and put a pound in it every time we see them. <laughs> uh, so they were down the back of the grid. Uh, I think the biggest surprise actually, if we just jump forward, was Veto, who didn't. Who finished tenth started ninth due to the penalties. Uh, there was a problem with air escaping from the side of the Ferrari, uh, and they they stripped they actually stripped the car back during uh, in Park Fermi. But they were allowed. They didn't get any penalties because it was light for light replacements. They didn't replace it with new ones. It was a light for light component. So that meant they could Have one. we
2: established whether that was actually air or was it just the last remaining hope of their season going up?
1: I think, going by the way that Vettel's been kind of behaving recently, it's his soul looking at the side of the car, to be honest. (laughs) Uh, He's just not looking like a man who really wants to be in Formula One anymore. So anyway, we'll move away from qualifying. It ended up with Leclerc taking first place and Verstappen in second,
2: which kind of...
1: Oh, got we you were all very the, excited the about that. When you realised
2: it, and you got the
1: idea. It was a very... Was
2: anybody else expecting to be picking up a front wing from the first corner?
1: Uh, I was expecting the two of them to be nailed on into each other, to be fair. Uh,
2: yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. yeah. I was expecting Lando Norris to ride on into the distance and me jumping up and down in the living room and going,
3: yeah,
2: well, didn't but, uh, Yeah, so... Uh, did
1: uh, We almost had a bit of an anti-climax at the start of the race when uh, see how I segued into that the antis all kicked in for Red Bull <laughs> they're starting, so he went from second to seventh by the time he got round the first corner yeah, uh, My
0: heart dropped, dropped when that happened my heart, you know you're expecting these two, you know, young up- upcomers to, to, to get, in, get out of each other for the first few laps and you're like, ugh, anti-stall you you know, so disappointed when well,
1: that happened. Well, we kind of have to be happy with stall because the other option would have been to tire retire or caused an almighty smash in the, on the start-finish mm. and somebody, pulled straight into the back of him. So I suppose that was good. And he was just saving it for later. he knew what he was doing anyway. Uh, so uh, there was no crashes. I, I think, actually, this race, there was no retirement, actually. Yeah. Uh, I think all 20 nah, drivers nah, finished not. eventually. Uh, mm-hmm. Not everybody done the full distance. But uh, I think we'll leave uh, Verstappen and, and the front of the grid just now. I want to go back. I want to have a look at some of the other kind of things that happens throughout the race. So uh, Just purely because of McLaren, uh, we need to talk a wee bit about Carlos Sainz. I think he was a driver of the day, to be honest. He's been a driver reborn since he's like got got rid of Red Bull uh, uh, starting the way back at the back of the grid, finishing in an amazing eighth place. Uh, He just, that McLaren car is just, I don't know what they've done in the past few races, but
2: I agree, yeah. He was, uh, did anybody else spot what happened when the the leaders were coming through towards the end? No,
0: go on, tell us. He was catching
2: Gasly, hunting Gasly down uh, mm-hmm. And I was thinking, you know, it was going to be a sixth and seventh for McLaren, and then the leaders went past him, and all of a sudden he dropped about eight seconds behind. And I've, I've not even, I've not seen one report. I haven't seen one comment. I just wondered if you, whether either of you had seen it.
0: Yeah, to be fair, I never know. No, well, the only thing I could think of maybe took a trip or something like that off off the track and round yeah. round some kind of thing, but I didn't see anything of note.
2: No,
0: I'm. I'm it's a mystery. It's a mystery. Maybe, maybe he was like, uh, saving his engine or turning down. Maybe mm. they had overheating issues or something. Like Possibly, that. It's yeah. It a hot, hot day. Really hot day.
2: Yeah, I've not, I've not seen anything. I've not seen anything since either. You know, it's, like you say, it must have been a procedure kind of thing where they've, you know, understood that they can't really do any more and they've just got, you know, just basically sat back. But I, I was worried that um, that Reikkonen was going to overtake science at one point to be honest with you and I was I was worried that it, the same had happened to him that had happened to Norris the week before so yeah
0: yeah but all yeah. all is well that yeah. did well yeah some great great points for yeah. one of the teams that we well I think we've all got an affinity with yeah. so yeah good good points good good weekend for McLaren definitely yep. uh, did you want to continue with your uh, summary then coops was there anything you wanted to continue with
1: well, if we go to the opposite end of the spectrum for it all then, if you look at Haas, eh, qualifying started off well eh, for Magnuson at least, getting him getting the fifth fastest time, eh, but he just didn't have the race pace at all, eh, to the point where he was actually beaten by Russell and the Williams, and eh, mm. Hass just are struggling this year. They just do not seem to be able to understand how to work those ty- the twenty nineteen Pirelli tires. And when you've got a driver line up Grosjean in it, doesn't help. Yeah.
0: We were we were all so excited in pre season testing. I remember that chat. We were like, "Oh yeah, Haas are going to be up there. Yeah, Haas are going to be."
1: Well, I think you know one Haas of the teams challenging. Haas put up there at the expense of McLaren uh, as well, uh, but. I just think, I mean, I don't know whether it's part of the fact that has because they outsource a lot of things. Like the make the the chassis. They buy a lot of components from Ferrari. Is it that they've made a bad car and they just cannot mm. get it fixed because they've got to go outside to do it? Well, you can.
0: You can have as many good parts as you want. Uh, if you don't know how to put them together properly and make them work, you're not going to have a good, very good car, are you? You know, you can you can have, you know, if, if they're not all working together, those those people that are making the parts, you know, yeah. yeah. If you if you understand what I'm trying to say, there, you you could have the best parts in the world, but if they're not designed to work with each other from a different company, it's no. not it's not going to not going be okay. going to give you the results that you.
2: If only they had a decent energy drink to give everybody a little bit more poke. Yeah, I think... They, Wait they never a
1: second. Had, as, I wrote, as I said in the review, actually, <laughs> they didn't have any peace, and I think that's because the pace was a to try and find a can of extra energy. Uh, I can't find it. Uh, <laughs> but I think fundamentally...
0: Like mm. So here's a question for you. Here's, here's a question for you. How long is Gene Haas going to stick at it? Oh, he'll he gonna... stick at it for a while. You reckon? He's, he's a, he's a ball and bread come?
2: Which will come sooner? Gene has leaving the team, or selling the team, or us actually finding a can of rich energy? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think hell would freeze over before we find a can of rich
2: energy. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, dear. I, I don't Still know The I... tweets that come out of that, that account are quite like, amusing, aren't they? Yeah, I
1: think he's drinking a few too many cans of his rich errors, to be honest with you. He's, he's with. Yeah, there's
2: nothing in he's them. not allowing any customers to have uh, it,
3: yeah.
1: Uh, another one I want to touch on, uh, before we go back to the kind of conversation about the front the two, front is Kubica. Now, uh, as I've wrote in the review, the driver, driver of the, of the day, death. yes, which was promptly announced today, that it was a technical error, and it was actually Verstappen, who was the driver of the day. Yeah. Uh, uh okay. I think that was just done, but be- yeah, if that was fake news. I think they just, uh, I think they just decided <laughs> to give a stop in it because they knew something was wrong with Kuberczyk getting driver of the day. Now he finished three laps down. Mm. No other driver finished three laps down. Uh, with his fastest lap, being a one. Own. Yep, a one minute ten nine six four was his fastest lap. George Russell's fastest lap was a one minute nine, nine, two, 6. Uh, and in Formula One terms, that's just not good enough.
0: No, I'm I'm really really scared for for Williams. Um, I'm really worried about you know what's going to happen with them. I, you see, I mean, if you watch that Netflix documentary, and um, they were going on about oh, um, yeah. we we, we like will never become never become never become a a. Um, oh, what, what's the what's the yeah be a b team we wouldn't be a b team for for anyone um we're going to try and try and try to, to keep ourselves but from the way they're performing i can't see them any other way for them at the moment uh, i i hope to be proven wrong i really do because i really have an admiration for you know that whole team um such uh you know they've they've such a, a, a great history um, of of comp- competing at the front uh, of lots of many Formula One championships to, to, to be in the position that they are currently is it's really upsetting as a as a British Formula One fan. I don't know if if you guys agree.
2: Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I, I I think it's one of them things where I think they they lost a lot when they got rid of well not got rid of but when they lost Bottas. Mm. Um, letting Massa go as well, and then calling him back. I think, yeah, I don't know, Paddy Lowe, maybe that didn't work out properly. I think there's just a, a few decisions that have kind of gone a, against Williams in the last few years. I think they're capable of bringing it back, though.
0: Mm. I hope so. Do you, do you, think, do you think Claire no. Williams is up to the job? Of course, yeah, absolutely.
2: Uh, I think so. I mean, she's no. been with her, you uh, know. I think that's been...
1: If you look at Williams... In the dominating years, and even right up until when Senna was driving with them, there was a, there was one of those things where the best was just not good enough. You know, you had Patrick Head; they always had to be better. But then, when Williams took over, it was kind of like, "Oh, we need to try and keep this place." You know, I think they got was it fourth or third in the constructors a few years back, 2016, maybe. If I remember right. Yeah, they they
2: they finished strong, didn't they? They did
1: finish strong, and then it's kind of like, oh, we need to try and keep that. We don't want to fall back, and it's that's not how Williams talk. There seems to be a kind of accepting where they are, which was never the culture of Williams before. Now, I'm not saying it's necessarily all Claire Williams' fault, but she's de facto running the team. So doing they've tried to bring Patrick Head mm. back but I don't think he could do anything with what they've got out on the track just now uh, there's a fundamental issue that car and this
2: I think what they've got out on the track though is going to take a few years to sort out is yeah. you know it's not a not an overnight fix it's a little bit like McLaren but McLaren have proved that they can come mm. back
0: Oh yeah, but they've had they've had a few seasons. They've they've had like three, three or four seasons uh, right at the back of the grid. But Um, they've still proved that they can come
2: back. You know, Mm -hmm. it is possible to do it, and they don't.
0: But McLaren have got a massive pit of money uh, that 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 Williams just don't have. They need some. They need some sponsorship, and they need some uh, (laughs) a driver that can, you know, get ring the absolute. Maximum out of know, What, be, what, what dog in. of a car they've got
2: oh. Pastor
0: Maldonado Bring him back, get him in oh the seat <laughs> <I still> <laughs> <Maldonado>, <laughs> <don't I? laughs> Do you know who I really like? Kamui Kobayashi They need to get Kamui Kobayashi Is that
2: just so that you can say the words Kamui Kobayashi
0: <laughs> over I and over say- again I can't say, but <laughs> Kamikaze Ko- Kobayashi was, he was Kamikaze uh, Kobayashi on the he was he was brilliant. He, you know, he was very entertaining. He might not have came, you know, high up the high up the uh, rankings, but he he was always entertaining. Oh, but, you
1: know, they could get they, they, could, get, they could get like first it. and second if they put Kobayashi and Maldonado in the cars, because everybody else will drive it the way. <laughs> <laughs>
2: What would you call that though? Sure would, you, would you call that Cobañado <laughs> or or Maldonashi?
1: <laughs> uh, that's for that's for the, that's that's what the I bodies would be like when they tried to find them after the first crash. Turned into just one.
2: <laughs> well, I reckon I reckon we could actually do Williams a favour right now. To be honest with you, I reckon we could all just collectively agree that they're going to get worse. They're going to be absolutely rubbish all the way up until the end of the season. And with our collective predictions the way that they have been since the start of the season, we'll be proved completely wrong and they'll well, end up winning the championship. Mm. I do, but... You see my you know,
1: thinking. I think <laughs> that's the only prediction that I've got down that I'm going to get right. Because I think if I remember like, my prediction yeah. for them was they're going to be at the back of the grid because they were so far off the pace that we're never going to get anywhere but stay back of the grid. And with everyone else getting investment or just being better, they were always going to struggle. Not to the extent of struggle but
2: I was going to say none of us predicted that they'd still be yeah, finishing in yeah. France before everybody else had started in Austria.
1: Uh, rumor has it Kubetz is done I don't think they're be, be that far
2: pre- behind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't know. You i got lost in
1: the be, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the summer break there's some sort of press thing where Kubrick is decided to try other opportunities outside of F1 and they'll put Latifi or somebody else in the car or maybe even Ocon uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, I mean... Possibly.
2: <sighs> or Maldonado. No, he's not. <laughs> he's he's yeah. not coming
1: he's, back uh, to F1. <laughs> we don't want him. That's a, that's a scary thought. It's even more scary thought considering he's the last person to win for Williams. Uh, And in Valencia, of all places, as well. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I think out with the fundamental issues with the team. Kubica Kubica has had a stay of execution this season because how bad the car is. Now, you look at the heat that Gasly's getting just now, which is deserved, but they've got a better car, and he's getting a lot of heat. Kubica would get just as much, if not more. Mm Mm-hmm. I think he needs to realise it's great to see him coming back it was a horrible thing that happened to him he was on the verge of signing for Ferrari he was going to be the next world champion that accident has put pay to that and in all honesty I don't think MD, MD could argue that he's just not fit enough for Formula 1 anymore he just can't do it
0: No he's not up to the greatness that he that he was once before uh, That's it, it's a fact um I, I don't necessarily think that Williams will get rid of him. Do you think they'll um, keep him for the year? I think yeah, No, I think that well, they've they've got other races but they've got the the same car, you know, they, they I think they'll probably just Let's
2: be honest, they can't afford to buy anybody out of their contract, can they, at the end of the day?
0: They might get get a bit of bit of money for Rock on if Mercedes, maybe? Yeah. Maybe a bit of think yeah. like total Rolf would have to something
1: to get th- Ocon a receipt this season if it was to appear. Oh yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think the Kubica experiment is, uh, for me, it's failed. I think it's it's becoming more and more an embarrassment. You know, we know the volumes are slow. We know they're going to stay at the back of the grid. But when you've got George Russell, a second ahead of his fastest lap of Kubica, he's three laps down. You know, I think in Monocore, a race, George Russell started from the pits and still managed to pass him in lap. You know, it's just... It's, it's embarrassing uh, mm. for him. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to see Williams where they are. In all honesty, uh,
0: anyway. Should we move forward up from from Williams then? Obviously, we, we know yeah. they're disappointed. Yeah,
1: forward yeah. Uh, just We've a had quick. a brief
0: conversation about Haas as well. Yes. Um, should we move on to Toro Rosso then? Honda. Oh, Toro Rosso Honda. <laughs> Toro Rosso Honda were well, largely anonymous actually. The
1: uh, Albon started at the back of red. He's not. I can't even. I don't even think I've put much in the review of where they were. They kind of were there. Fifteenth and
2: seventeenth, they they finished.
1: Yeah, yeah, fifteenth and seventeenth. Unremarkable, very. Toro Rosso kind of went backwards a wee bit. Albon was looking like the real deal. Kvyat is is what what we on Kvyat three point or something. I don't know I mean,
0: how many times he's been in <laughs> Red Bull and Toro Rosso.
1: Uh, but the
0: well, Toro Rosso are given him three chances, haven't they? He's been in the
1: red bull seat at least. <laughs> once. Can't, you,
0: you can't, you can't say that they haven't uh, given him a chance.
1: He should probably have got the seat before Gasly to be honest. Uh, but and again, uh, if we move, I mean, there's not much to say about Toro Rosso. And again, it's the same for Renault. They've done nothing at the race. At the weekend they were they were down kicking about with the Toro Rosso's at the end up. There's a fundamental issue with that car. They should not be as a manufacturer's team so far back. Uh, And then you look at how well McLaren have done with the same power unit. And you've got Ricardo in a Renault. You know, they should be up there. They should be best of the rest with the budget they've got. Mm. Uh, So I'm not sure how Ricardo's feeling about Verstappen winning the race and him finishing... In the teams, uh, but then when you're getting 20 million a year, I'm sure that is not too hard to be honest. Uh, but there's some concerning times for both the Reynolds and the Toro Rosso's. I think there's there's definitely some issues with them two uh, teams just now, they're not performing as expected. Renault haven't really moved forward or back, I think it's race to race with them. Toro Rosso have been slowly sliding back down there.
0: So what, what do you think, um, are we skipping up to, to Renault now, or are you, are you going to stay down by Toro Rosso? Cause what do you, want? you, cause you, you've gone on a, well, you opened up a tangent there that I kind of, I've snuck in with, um, the, what are Renault doing wrong that McLaren, you know, aren't, what, what, what if they, if they're using the same machinery to, to kind of power them, is it, is it? That McLaren just are much better at the aero package. Renault just, must just be. don't forget so you've
2: got for working at McLaren, haven't you? At the end of the day, you know, he's he's kind of Adrian Newey's or he was Adrian Newey's sidekick for a long time. So, mm. a lot of people were saying for a long time that when Predramo goes somewhere else, you know, they'll, they'll go to the front wherever he goes to. Obviously, it didn't happen because partly because McLaren had Honda at the time, but. Maybe that relationship's mm-hmm. coming through, you know, he's coming through now and that could be, you know, one of the one of the reasons why they're so much further ahead of, of uh Renault.
1: Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think it, uh, it must be something along the aero package if McLaren are so far forward. Uh, it certainly can't be the driver. Mm-hmm. We know that Hilkenberg's good and we know how good Ricardo can be. Uh I think Ricardo's came out recently and said there is a fundamental issue with the car. Again, are they suffering with the Pirelli tyres this year? They just can't get them to click. Whereas McLaren seem to get the sweet spot. The sweet spot for these Pirelli tyres, especially in the softer compound, just seems to be so narrow. You look at Haas, when it comes to the qualifying, they can get it sweet spot. On race term, they just can't get it to work. Mm. Uh, so maybe it is that I don't think the new spec Renault engine is quite as good as maybe it's put out because I don't think the McLarens had the new race spec the new spec a Renault engine. Uh, I think all of the had. I know it. they
0: bought a new Aero package, didn't they, to Austria? Austria. So. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe that's what then. Uh, or was it the French that they bought it to? I don't. It was one of the, the last two races. So maybe that's really given them the boost that they required over. The works Renault team.
1: Yeah, I think Renault need to, at the end of the season, they need to try and beat McLaren because they're, you know, being the manufacturer. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, because I think they said within five years they want to be fighting for championships. Well, you know, that's not going to happen on this. Uh, maybe they've just. I think that they, te- they, maybe they just blew the budget on Ricardo's. Uh, uh, Ricardo, Ricardo Saudi, yeah. Yeah. I
0: was just about to say that, yeah. <laughs> well, they got him off uh, over on the premise that it was going to be something similar to Lewis Hamilton when he left McLaren, kind of, oh, don't come for now, it's come for yeah. the, you know the new regulations in 2021. So he's just got to sit there and and, and race kind of mid mid pack for for two years and wait until the the new the new uh, regulations come into force uh, in 2021.
2: I think one thing's for sure about Renault is that they will come good. You know, that yeah. that little that little outfit from Enstone when it started as Tolman, you know, it's gone all the way through. They're Renault again now. And I think one thing is always for sure is it's one of the um uh, it's one of the teams that you always look at and think, you know what they're punching so far above their weight you know, compared to what the, the bigger teams have got. Um, mm. you know, maybe this season they, you know, they're struggling a little bit on one side or another, do I seem to remember somebody leaving as well for um, an F1 role, or was it the other way around, left from an F1 role and then joined one of the teams or something? And they said no, it was the you're right, but I think that, was, that was something from, from the completely FIA, completely because a what? lot
1: of the teams weren't happy about it, because he had access to everybody's technical oh, right, information, okay. and then moved to a team, yeah. uh, so there's that. I that think that's it, when yeah. they start hitting out with gardening Leaf, because I yeah. think he got gardening Leaf, but it wasn't as much as the team. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but I do remember them talking about it. Uh, mm.
2: Yeah, I
1: think... Renault have mm. always been at the front.
2: They, they will come good again. They're, they are one of my favourite teams, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: They've got the money, haven't they? Let's be honest.
2: Yeah. But like I say, you know, even even without the money, they've got they've got the right people there. They've got good people working for them, and they've got you know they they always have had that. They've had the kind of um they've had the nous nice to be able to to work with what they've got, and they've always done really well. So nothing to suggest that they won't be back at the front before long.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, well if you leave Renault aside, then the next couple of teams we got to kind of chat about where are. Mercedes now, this is probably the biggest surprise out with everything else that Mercedes looked very vulnerable this weekend. They just, you know, going from Hamilton making that bizarre kind of mistake for Raikkonen, and to them just not being able to keep the car cool—that was the fundamental issue with them this year. With this, uh, not this year, this uh, race that they just—they done as much as they could to get the car to keep the car cool, and they just couldn't do it. So they were managing the. Components in the car pretty much from the get-go. Mm. Uh, they were kind of lucky to get the to get the points that they got. Third for, uh, fifth, but for Bottas and
0: Fifth. But let's be honest. Let's be honest. It, it, it's race specific. They're going to be back at the front next next race. Um, oh, they're
1: never going to be away from the front.
0: Yeah, yeah. You it, know, it, it completely, basically, I think it was to do with altitude, the heat of the actual, uh, you know, temperature in the country at the time, mm-hmm. um, all those things. They, I think what they are, they're on an absolute limit at the other tracks. And because they're at that absolute limit at that at the other tracks when they came to this one and it was hotter and it was, you know, the altitude and less, less air to go into the, you know, to cool the car, all, all those sorts of things. I think that's just tipped them over the edge and, and, and that's when they've gone into the management mode. So I, I really, you know, I don't, we, we've got no worries about uh, Mercedes at no. all. Um, very much, very much track specific um, problems. Um to do with that car?
1: Yeah, I think uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, if we go to Silverstone and it's the same issue, then we can start having discussions about what's going on here. Uh, but yeah, it, it was quite interesting the fact that they were faltering and we had the best race of the year. Now, I'm not saying it's Mercedes' fault, but it's you know something to think about.
0: Why? We. we... We can't blame Mercedes for doing a good job at the end of the day and becoming dominant. It's you know it's it's not Mercedes' fault that the sport is in the way you know that the, the dire straits uh, some people describe uh, as it is um, nowadays. It's not Mercedes' fault. It's the other constructors' faults. For you know they had exactly the same amount of time to prepare. They've got exactly the same set of regulations. Um, it's just them their fault for not creating a car that equals the Mercedes that my mind obviously it's not fun it's not not entertaining every single race you know .ie the French grand the French Grand Prix because it was you know they, they got to the front and just just drove away but you know it's it's not mercedes fault it's everyone else's fault <laughs> or the regulations yeah. fault uh, as it were I think- um I don't know what your opinions are on that
2: the problem that you got with that, though, Teddy, is that I, I agree with you. I mean, obviously, you know, with with the rules the way that they are at the moment, then everybody else needs to do a better job. But for years now, the the focus on the fact that teams can't afford to keep up with the demands of Formula One in general, mm. let alone what Mercedes are putting in. Um. I, I think my, my overriding feeling at the moment is a lot of people say that it's not Mercedes' fault that they're you know that they're out front. But I actually I, I try and look at everything, you know, as balanced as I can from one side of the fence and then look at it from the other side of the fence as well. And then kind of make my mind up as to where I kind of sit on it. And at the moment you've got you've got a sport where the you know the the regulators of that sport being the FIA go to the teams and say, these are the, you know, these are the proposals that we want to put to you. What do you think? And there's a fundamental issue there, whereby the likes of Mercedes and Ferrari and Red Bull at the front, maybe a little bit less so Red Bull at the moment, because they're not at the front. Mm-hmm. They're, they're chasing the, the front too. But certainly from Mercedes and Ferrari's point of view, you've got Ferrari who have got their um, you know their heritage bonuses that they have and all this, that and the other a special veto you've got Mercedes on any Mercedes that are at the front Exactly, you've got a Mercedes that are at the front that can spend as much money as they want to to keep there, and then you know the, the the FIA go to them and say, "Are you happy with these regulations?" Now, if that was your business and that was gonna that was gonna um, undermine your dominance that you use to sell mm-hmm. cars that you use to promote your product and this, that, and the other you've put hundreds of millions of pounds towards, you're not going to turn around and say, yeah, okay, then that's not, that's fine. Mm-hmm.
3: You're going yeah. to look
2: after your own interests, which is what they do. Ferrari, how many times do Ferrari turn around and say, uh, we're going to leave F1 if you change this? And you, you get to a stage where it's like, you know what? If you want to go, go. For, Ferrari need Formula 1, and Formula 1 needs Ferrari. But what, what the sport doesn't need is the team's dictating the rules because it'll never, ever change. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's where it is at the moment. So I do agree with you to a certain extent, whereby under the current rules, you can't blame Mercedes for doing a better job than anybody else, albeit on a much much higher budget. What you can blame them for is for the fact that them and other teams as well. I'm not saying that it's only them, but as long as you as long as you give the decisions to the teams, it will never change, because the teams at the front have more political. Um, yes. Yeah. weight than any of the, the the teams that are chasing them it's as simple as that in my mind you know you're never going to go forward if you keep asking the teams if they're okay with the rules because they won't what you know what one once what a set of rules does is it will divide you know the, the the teams that are doing well from it from the teams that are not doing well so if you give a team a veto <laughs> you're never going to go anywhere you're never going to get anywhere forward
1: i think you can, you kind of touched on it because I just you were, you made a lot of comments when I wrote the review out for the French Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. A lot of that was, what they're saying they've postponed the 21, 2021 regulations to October because they haven't they haven't got a consensus. And how many other sporting extravaganzas do you have where the the governing body yeah. go to the people participants and say, right, yeah. what what rules do you want? Then that's like going to. It shouldn't happen. Uh, They tried to bring in a salary cap. The bigger teams went, no, we don't like it. So they've got a salary cap idea, but then it's excluded. So driver salaries aren't part of the driver cap. This is not part of the budget cap. Uh, That's still part of it. So, you know, there's so...
2: (laughs) (laughs) We... Mm-hmm. The thing is though coops I mean you all you've got to do is look at this season right the, these these very cars that we're watching go around the, the track at the moment all of the aero package that they changed and they you know made they keep they keep billing it as making massive changes to this what we've got now is a massively watered down version of the rules that were first put in front of the teams. At, at first it was basically told to the teams that they would only be able to have two aero elements on the front wing. And now they've got as many as they want. They just can't have anything on the end plates.
3: Yeah,
1: parts it, you know, it's like
2: I say, if you keep putting the rules to them, the, the, the teams that this is going to affect the most are the teams at the front because it will, it will erode away their dominance that they've got. And there's absolutely no way that you're going to convince a team to just do that. Mm-hmm. No way at all.
1: There's been so many years where they've brought out ideas for regulations and you look at them and think, this is going to be amazing. But then as soon as the teams get a hold of it, it either ends up becoming something that totally wasn't or a very watered-down version, which doesn't do what it's supposed to do. You know, the regulation changes for this year.
0: Regulation changes for this year
1: were supposed to help you drive closer. But then within months, the teams had worked out a way to actually get the the downforce back. Uh, and the cars still can't drive mm. as close a mm. bit better but then is that because the DRS uh, flaps in the rear wing were made bigger so there's more of a, an effect to yeah. the DRS wings as well so uh,
2: it's, it's always a case of what you give with one hand you take away with another and it's it, as long as that, it's like I say I keep, I keep going back to the fact that if you keep putting the rules to the teams it's just never going to go anywhere and yeah Always Mercedes, nice Mercedes
1: and Ferrari, or Mercedes for sure, want to keep what they've got, because they're the ones that knew, they've worked it out better than everybody else. Of course they don't want to change it, but on the other side, do you want... Mm. They,
2: they have worked it out better, but they've also thrown like three times the amount of money as any other team as well. You know, he's...
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I think their budget sits at around 400 million a
2: year. Exactly. Uh, which, don't get me wrong, you know, when, 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 when other teams have been dominant, it's been that kind of split between the front teams and the back teams. I mean, you'd all you've got to do is listen to the way that Red Bull speak now about the dominance of Mercedes. Mm-hmm. It's like, hang on a second, Christian. You weren't saying any of this when Seb was up the front winning absolutely everything. Yeah. You've, you've soon changed your tune. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, I don't know. I'd, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just I, I frustrating mean, at the moment, I think.
1: The thing is,
0: okay. Well, uh, I'll put I'll put it to you both this way. What can Formula One do to make it interesting? What can they do? What regulations should they bring in for twenty that twenty one? You've seen, you know, I've seen people saying reverse grids, you know, points for qualifying, but then you know, completely reversing the the, the grids, that sort of that sort of thing, uh, giving them weight. Penalties and <laughs> all these sorts of things, you know. Bernie Eccleston shove oh. some sprinklers on the tracks, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> you, you see so many different suggestions and, and blow What would you? Uh, and I'll go to you, Coops first. What would you do to make Formula One interesting again?
1: I would cut out the practice session. You maybe have one practice session on a Friday, straight into qualifying, and then racing. Uh, that's for a start. Uh, you know the, the, the. I don't like all this stuff about artificially changing it, reverse reverse grids, and I think the British touring cars. One of the races, somebody picks a a, a ping pong ball at a ball, and that's who gets pole possession. You know, I don't like all that stuff. That just and there work are tracks well. that it just
0: wouldn't uh, it wouldn't work at like you you know for um, Monte Carlo for example for example you just wouldn't work because you wouldn't have anyone trying to qualify first on that race because they wouldn't get the 25 have a chance for the 25 points because they can't you just, overtake. You should have
1: Monte Carlo. See with the cars this how long they are. I mean I think I shared the picture of a a 2000 Renault on our page uh, compared to this year's mm. Renault and it's amazing how much longer they are. Monaco is not a race, it's a procession. Uh, yeah. And it has been for a number of years. But they won't uh, dro- they
0: won't drop the crown in the jewel. They would never drop the crown in the jewel. The jewel in the crown. They
1: won't. There's too much <laughs> money involved in that one, uh, but you know, there, there's a fine balance in that because I like. I try and keep an eye on IndyCar and try and watch it when I can. The IndyCar is a spec series. It always has been, uh, and that's fine. Uh, Formula One for me is not a spec series and should never be. That's one of that's one of the things I like about it. It's the innovation, and, mm-hmm. and I think the fact that there is so much innovation. There's always going to be a team, or maybe two teams. If you take away the budget, there's always going to be a couple of teams that are going to dominate the sport. It's it's there. And you can see it in the records. You had know, the Ferraris with Schumacher. You had the Williams. You had, I think it was the year, I guess Williams in 92 that won every race. Mm-hmm. It's The racing just needs to be closer. It, you just, it's this, it's working out a way, to, like and whatever way they do it with it's the aerodynamics where you limit what you can actually develop and how many times you can develop throughout the year. You know, mm. we all remember the times where they had three engines in three days. Uh, you know, they've limited all that. I think they need to, they can't reduce the amount of engines they get now because you're going to have a lot of procession races where they just drive in to save the engine. Um, mm. Or you're going to get a second half of the season where half the teams are But not a couple of years ago where Stroll ended up first because just about everybody took a penalty because they changed the, they changed changed things in the car. Uh, So it is a difficult one uh, to change, but you know, you want to keep the innovation in Formula One for the minimum.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I I agree with that. I, you know it's the pinnacle of motorsport. It's got it's it's got to be there to push the boundaries and uh, and, and bring new things in. And they do also introduce those things into our modern road cars as well. Um, I'm going to ask the same question uh, to Sponge now. Um, what would you do? How, how do you make Formula One exciting again? Not barring you know the race that we've just seen in Austria, because we thought that we all thought that was fantastic. How do we make it fantastic every single race?
2: I think the first of all that I, if if I was like a you know a, an F one bud, looking at all this kind of thing, I'd get rid of the gimmicks. I'm sick and tired of gimmicks mm. in Formula One. It, it's mm-hmm. it's really doing, my mm-hmm. head in. you know, the biggest one at the moment is DRS. It, I hate DRS. I I absolutely detest DRS because it's killing Formula One. DRS was brought in to try and aid overtaking but DRS it might aid overtaking but it's killed motor racing you know everybody goes on about the aerodynamics of a car at the end of the day as long as you've got DRS right and you are within a second of the car in front you know yeah. uh, at some point within the next few laps you're mm. going to be past that car there is therefore no need for you to take any risks whatsoever you know it's, there's no there's no need for that risk whatsoever and that is why you see these cars sitting 2.4 seconds behind each other a couple of seasons ago all of these new regulations that have come in that you know they must have spent millions researching and this and the other they've, they've spent X amount of time discussing with the teams and you know watering them down along the way as we've already discussed but all it's done is basically stop mm. them following 2.4 seconds behind each other they're now 1.4 seconds behind each other in a line but there is no there's. The, there's no, there's no risk required because they still know that once they get in that DRS that they
0: will be able to just fly past. So what are you saying? From, he- heavily regulate the aero so they can get closer behind them naturally?
2: Just get, get rid of DRS. At the end of the day, if you want to see people overtaking properly again, get rid of DRS first. Then you can start trying to build some kind of new aero package, whereby everybody is working with exactly the but that's same. that's the thing, thing
0: that you know, with, with the aero packages the way you are, the cars just can't get close enough without without that DRS. I mean, I, I agree with you, in in a sense to say, you know, I, it is artificial. It's not, it's not proper racing. It's.
2: Let, let it me would, ask you a question,
0: Antilla, yeah. right? And
2: I use I use examples that have happened in the last couple of years. Okay. All of these teams say that they cannot follow behind a car and they cannot get close enough to overtake, and all this that and the other. So, how do teams explain when you've got a Mercedes that is out of place, maybe down the back because they've had to, you know, do X amount of engine upgrades and this that and the other? And this has happened in the last few seasons. I can't remember off the top of my head which which races it has happened at, but it has happened whereby they've taken engine penalties towards the end of the year, mm-hmm. okay, and then they've come through from last to second or third, or maybe even won the race from last to first in the same race. So where all of a sudden does all of that overtaking come from? Because apparently we're led to believe that they can't overtake and they can't follow and they can't do this, or that and the other. But then all of a sudden, you know, when they're out of position, they can just fly towards the front of the grid.
0: Well, is that not the DRS? <laughs> well... <laughs>
1: I, I don't think it is no. But also, I think also though with that, when it comes to like the front, team and the back of the grid, that's more to do with how good the car is and the engine in general. You know, an engine new designed, you know, Red Bull is going to get past a Williams. It was rumor has it supposedly designed by Paddy Lowe, but we don't know. Hmm. Uh, going by the performance, but how, from, how, but probably but this designed is the it thing
2: <laughs> I can understand that a, a car would come from like you know the back of the grid to maybe seventh or eighth, like Science did this weekend. Yeah, you know if if your car if your car is the best of the rest, you'd expect them to come through to be best of the rest. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Which is exactly what happened. But when you've got you know when you've got a Mercedes out of 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 sync, and then you've got in between him and the front, you've got a Red Bull. Another Red Bull, a Ferrari, another Ferrari, and then another Mercedes as well, which is apparently exactly the same car. For them to come back and be overtaking these people in the same race, how can they race that quickly to go from back to front? Whereas any other race, we led to believe that they, you know, they can't, they can't because of fuel flow, because of DRS, um, because of engine overheating, because of this, that, and the other. I, I maybe I'm not thinking enough about it, but it just doesn't It doesn't add up. It doesn't make I sense to me. I think as well me.
1: what you have to add into all that is that um, some well, a lot of the teams at the back of the grid won't fight against the Mercedes that's cutting through the grid because they know they're not battling with them. You know, a, a McLaren isn't going to try and hold up the Mercedes because the McLarens are fighting with the Reynolds and the Hassies and if they put too much effort trying to battle with Hamilton, who's yeah, that's passed, a good point. who they know is going to get past anyway, you know, let them go on it, you know, you know, McLaren's rivals are Red Bull and Ferrari, so let them go and fight Red Bull, because we ain't winning the championships, on you go, you know, so I think there is an, an aspect to that which makes it a lot easier eh, for teams, especially especially when it comes to Mercedes and Ferraris, to get back up to the front of the grid, but you're right, I mean, DRS is artificial, DRS was brought in as a is a kind of like how do we we know that the aerodynamics are stopping you from racing? So just do this to make it seem a bit fancier. Uh, some tracks, it's a lot mm. more pronounced than others, but yeah, it's definitely a gimmick, as you say. There's a fundamental I just, issue. I, with I, I think. Uh, no, carry on. Sorry. Yeah,
2: there's
1: a fundamental issue with Formula One in general. And as you say, I think the biggest part of it, as you touched, we touched on before, is the fact that the participants have so much control over what exactly is the rules, mm-hmm. or are the rules. Uh, yeah. You know, they've made some big changes. In 2021, or whenever the regulation is going to come in, Formula One is going to look very different because they're getting rid so the main part. You know, the wheels are changing. They're going to the, I think it's the 17-inch wheels they're going to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so
1: that changes everything Tire blankets are going to be banned as far as i remember uh yeah. so there's so many other things the, the,
2: but this is as the rules stand at the yeah. moment so you know by the time we actually get to the set of rules hopefully they'll stay in but you know that that's you know in terms of the question what would you what would you change in f1 that would be the main thing I, I would change it from how do you like these rules to these are the set of rules. If you want to be in Formula One, you follow these rules. If you don't want to be in Formula One and follow yeah. them rules, see you later. Yeah, but I think that's the way that the sport has to has to go forward. Because if if it doesn't, it's like it's like we've already touched on. Teams will look after themselves at the end of the day. They they'll come out in the press and they'll say that they, you know, they want a race and they want to do this, that, and the other. They don't. They want to protect the brand. They yeah. want to protect what they're mm-hmm. selling. They don't they don't care whether anybody else is struggling to keep up with, you know, the 400 million quid that they're spending and, you know, the, the 1.2 seconds a lap quicker that they are as a result of it, they want to protect that. And that that's why I say, you know, I think the biggest thing, i would get get rid of the gimmicks, go back to the basics. I would even turn around and say, let's standardise some parts. And I think Martin Brundle touched on this a few weeks ago. He said, why, why do... Why is it so important that teams make their own gearboxes? We don't see them gearboxes. Mm. You know what I mean? So th- it, not, it, it, it's almost. It's not as
1: important now because you've got, they're limited as well. So it's not yeah. as important. I think they're, they're changing. I think the transmission, there's certain extra parts that are going to be more, uh, more stock. Yeah. But I think what we need to make sure is we don't do IndyCar where it's a case of here's your engine, here's your chassis. Now go and drive. Because yeah. that is what IndyCar is. They're not, you're not allowed to touch it other than change a wee bit of downflossing. Take tex- tex-
2: tex- tex- some air out of your tyres. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Here's uh, a question for you then, lads, All right? Here's a question for you. Would you bring back traction control?
1: No. Because the car's already okay. not a driver car in the first place. Drivers don't do. As See, much this driving. is this
2: is another thing that I don't understand about the, the the way that they make the rules in this in this sport because they they took traction control away, didn't they? And mm-hmm. the 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 only line that we got about that was we're taking away traction control because it's it, it basically that you know the, the the car needs to be driven by the driver and it's it's aiding the driver too much. Mm-hmm. We can't have that. We we're getting rid of it. And then they bring in DRS, and it's like well. You know, you're, you're aiding the driver just as much with DRS as you are with traction control, if not more. You know, to, to, to get a pass done or to to defend from a pass or what you know, yeah. whichever way they work it, whatever. And that's what that's why I don't I, I kind of don't understand why one thing is acceptable and then the other one isn't. I
1: think though it's I think traction control was banned a number of years ago. I think you look at the Benitor of was it nineteen ninety four that that, I think that was the first year that traction control was back, yeah. Yeah. and that was when even at the center I was looking at it. You
2: know, they bought it in for a while. They had a version. That,
1: I, of it. I think their argument was we we had traction control, but we never used it. It was a software thing to make launch control, but we just never used it. Although it was there, and the FIA were like, "Okay, uh, you know, with DRS, it was reactionary." You know, yeah. and, the, and the, what people need to remember as well is these regulations that were brought in for this season were a reaction to the fact that there was only one pass in the Australian Grand Prix last year on track. So they were like, oh, right. And then they made these kind of many, this many change to regulations, which haven't quite worked the way that we were ever sold to work. And then another thing as well, when you come to Formula One and the way that teams protect legacy, you had so many teams that were interested, manufacturers that were interested in coming into the team, into Formula One, but then, the teams now stopped them from getting rid of was the MGUH which is the thermal, kinda, the part of the in power unit that's yeah. one of the most expensive parts of the power unit and all the teams voted to keep it so all these new manufacturers mm. went well we're not coming in now mm. so that's why we're not getting any new entrants I think Porsche were looking at it, Cosworth yeah. were yeah. invited, VW were invited but uh,
2: again though, Coops, you if you if you break that down though, right, you've got Honda, yeah?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You got Mercedes, you got Ferrari, and who Renault. else we've got Renault? Right? So you've got Mercedes that do Mercedes, Force India, Williams. I think that's them three teams, isn't it? There's mm-hmm. nobody else that does Mercedes. Yep. You've got fair. Ferrari that do Haas mm-hmm. and no, that's right. Sauber. And that, Alfa Romeo, uh, Alpha sorry. yeah. Um, so that's two teams. So that's five teams altogether already. You've then got Honda that do uh, Toro Rosso and Ooh. Red Bull, and then you've got Renault that and do Re- Renault and McLaren.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, if you look yep. at the Ferrari and the Mercedes contingent of that, all of them, all of them teams will vote as Mercedes want them to because they want Mercedes engines now. So yeah, you know it. Again, it comes back to the the argument of here's a set of rules. Do you agree with them? You know that that question should not have been. Can we get rid of the MGUH? It should have been. We are getting rid of the MGUH to try and attract more competition to the sport. Mm-hmm. But they they but, vetoed it yeah. because it stops their dominance. They don't want yeah. the likes of Toyota coming in. Honda uh, Honda already there. Sorry. Um, Audi, Porsche. Porsche, Porsche. Any, but they don't want any of them coming in because it's it's more teams, more engines that are likely and to and give less them a customers run for, for their
0: them money. because people have got more choice. Exactly. I, don't, I don't necessarily think they don't they won't want them in there, but you know, it's. I think they. I think they, the teams must see the the state of F one as it is. They must see that they're losing, you know, fans. Mm-hmm every week um so they they've got they've got to know that they need to do something with the sport they can't keep adding that veto and i, I really hope that ross brawn now he's kind of in charge of the rule set and the relationship he's got with yeah. many of the teams you know he's, he's worked for mclaren uh, mercedes He's worked for ferrari uh hopefully he you know the relationship he's got with those will help in the negotiations with a good, a decent set of rules for 2021. You know, he, he's going in with all the correct and positive talks. It, whenever you see him have an interview on, on the television, you know, he, he's saying the right things. So I, I, I'm hopeful um, that, that something positive will happen for 2021. Um, it's just got to put his foot down. Uh, and like you said earlier, Ferrari, will they really leave? You know, they will, they'll say they'll leave as a way of kind of scaring fia into into bending into their will but will they really leave they've been in the sport since the beginning they've you know they're 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 mm. probably the most famous formula one team if that what well, they are there's no doubt about it the, the most they are the most famous formula one team what uh, what else are they famous for a couple of really fast road cars but why are they really what why why are they really fast because of all the development they have uh in the formula one yeah on the formula one racetrack and so I don't. I think it's. I always think with Ferrari, it's an empty threat. You know, the a couple of years back with um, Christian Horner and and, and Helmut Marco and the and, and the Red Bull team. Yeah, I could kind of believe that they were going to go out, but again, I, you know, it's just them throwing the toys out of the pram because they're not getting what they wanted. I think that's that's basically what all the teams do. It's just a a, a tactic that they use to try and you know get their... get there say really really and, and and kind of stop all the regulations and so I, i'm but i am hopeful going back to this point i am hopeful that ross braun will be able to get a set of regulations through that will, will really mix up the sport for us yeah yeah fingers crossed fingers crossed <laughs> all right then we'll, we'll move away from kind of fingers what, crossed. 2021 and go back to uh the, the austrian race which was amazing by the way have we said how amazing it was okay. <laughs> i think we have a few times. We've got a couple of teams
1: to touch so, on, haven't we? Uh, I think we're, we're kind of up at the front now with uh, your Ferrari and uh, Red Bull. So I think we'll, we'll go with Ferrari for next, and we'll go with Sebastian Vettel, uh, the ultimate disappointment of 2019 so far this season. Uh, he just can't seem to catch a break, whether it be that he makes a... Uh, a bad decision uh, Canada mm-hmm. being one of them I think it was Bahrain where he was wheel to wheel with Hamilton and spun it uh, and then qualifying the uh, car just didn't work for him there was an issue with the car, I could, it was in air escaping from the side or something uh, which knocked him down to him. eventually it was ninth uh, he had a decent enough race uh, Ferrari doing the usual tried to do the best he could to lose it mm-hmm when there was, a, I think it was a radio issue at one of the pit stops, which meant that they weren't out with the tyres when Vettel
0: came Oh out. yeah, there were a couple of seconds delay with the back left, wasn't yeah. there?
1: So there was, I think he was stationary for about six seconds when, considering Williams can get a pit stop done in 1.9 seconds or something. Mm. Uh, which is ironic, considering the Williams car, but... <laughs> fair uh, so, Vettel is a... V- <laughs> uh, I think he did uh, uh But uh, Vettel is. Uh, the more you hear from him, I think we spoke about it before we started recording. Vettel just. He looks like a guy who doesn't want to be there. Although he talks, he's facing his, his demeanour is of someone who. As he resigned to realise that he's not going to beat Hamilton in a Ferrari. He's just not. Uh, I don't think he's. He's as good a driver as his four world championships say. I think it's four he's got, isn't it? It's four.
0: Yeah, four. Uh,
1: I don't think he's as good as four world championships are. I think he was the right man and the good, the best car on the grid. Nobody else was close to Red Bull at the time. He's went over to Ferrari. I mean, Michael Schumacher joined Ferrari when Ferrari weren't doing anything. And he dragged him up with the bootstraps and won what they want. Uh, mm-hmm. That was, I think, that's what they thought Vettel was going to do, and he hasn't been able to do it. Uh, he's a good driver. Mm. I don't think he's as good as some people make out. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if he retires at the end
3: of the year.
0: I think the, the mark of a good driver is can you do it in more than one car? And at the moment, Vettel has has not proven that that he can do it in anything other than the Red Bull um, of 2012, 13 and whatever. Um, you know, you, you then you look at the likes of people like Alonso. I, Alonso, he must have the worst track record for making decisions uh, of any Formula One driver. Um, he he did well in the Ferrari as well as could be expected. He would take the crap of the car um, and bring it to the front mm. as as far as it could. Um, and that's just that's just a testament to how good he is as a driver. He you know, got the McLaren that was, let's face it, the worst car that they've probably produced in their in their history. And he got, he got it. You know, he didn't get points all the time, but he he got yeah. the best out of it as that he could at the time. You know, he he won he won in the Renault, um, which again it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't the best car in both of those seasons that he won. But he does he does the best that he can with the machinery that he's got. Uh, and I don't think Vettel has that same. Um, the, the same driving ability he doesn't have he can't ring every last yeah, milligram of power out of, a, out of a car it's just not in him it's not a not nice part not part of his person
2: uh, i don't know about that i mean he, he was consistently quicker than Raikkonen last year wasn't he and the year before that actually how old Raikkonen again Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I, it, wasn't it? I mean it, I, yeah i mean you've probably got a point but it, it He's, he's still no slouch, is he? I mean, you look at him in the alpha now, he's still, you know, he's holding his own. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I think with Vettel, I think it's difficult with Vettel. I think, I mean, if you if you look at where he came from with Red Bull, mm-hmm. Red Bull, I mean, he, he was pretty much on a par with uh, Mark Webber, wasn't he? I mean, they had that season where they were bumping into each other for God knows how long, but. After, after Webber had gone, it kind of just left him, you know, it left him as number one and that was it. Then he just went on and won everything, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I think it's difficult because I think Ferrari are one of these teams where they very much, in the last decade, probably even longer, all they have really done is lived off their reputation that they've built up over the, the last, you know, um yeah last 78 years Mm -hmm. um obviously they're 90 now aren't they so last you know last 80 years 10 years ago i I just i think there's a problem there's a fundamental problem in ferrari where they just change things too much they change too many people too often Mm. especially since the montezemolo went and i think i think it's hard for anybody to go in there and say you know i'm gonna i'm gonna drag this car and you know, ring its neck and you know do this, that, and the other. If it, if you've got a whole country that are you know are like the Italians, the tifosi behind them and literally banging on the door saying, "When are you going to win another Grand Prix?" There's got to be so much pressure on that. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't know. I'd, you know, you you t- you talk about Schumacher with Ferrari the first time. There's mm-hmm. no expectation yeah. on them because they, you know, they they were just nowhere. But this time it's almost like you've got to come in and you've got to do something within a season. If you don't, you're off. And I, I don't know I, I don't know how anybody would be able to work in that, to be honest with you. When when people are changing around them all you know all the time, mm-hmm. how do you drag something up? I mean when when Schumacher went there, they'd got Jean Tad and they'd got Ross Braun. Mm-hmm. Everybody was working in the same direction, everybody understood each other. Um But it's it's been an issue for Ferrari for decades. I mean, I remember watching um, Gordon Murray's uh, mm-hmm. Sky um, Architects of F One thing, mm-hmm. and you know he was saying about the you know taking over from Ferrari and you know, getting a new place over. I think he was Gordon Murray anyway. Was it Gordon Murray?
0: Possibly. I I don't think I've seen that one.
2: Yeah, it was one of one of them anyway. But he was saying that you know they, they he wanted to stay over here, and they were like, yeah, okay. And then when everything started to, you know, get set up, it was like they, they changed their mind, mm. and that's that's it's a fundamental issue with Ferrari. They just change their mind, and they change things so often. It's a little bit like a Premier League football team sacking the manager every two two months. Yeah. You can't expect them to gain any any type of you know uh, momentum or anything like that. If they're just going to keep chopping and changing well, maybe that's, and resetting themselves, maybe that's
0: what they're trying to do with uh, Mattia Benotto, because he's been in the team for like fourteen years, hasn't he? So he's been a, a, yeah. a stable, a stable. Yeah. And you know, when he is on the interviews, he's he's very believable. He, you know, and he's you can see he's very passionate about the, the sport and about yeah. Ferrari. So, I, you know, maybe they maybe they see the error of their ways and they've given an old hand uh, the job. Whereas, in, I think. What's his face came from the American car sales, you know, uh, last year's. Uh, what was his name again? Uh, oh, Benio. Um,
2: um, Benio, uh, you know, he
0: he was in, in the Ferrari roads car sales, I believe, um, in, in America, and he a kind of a manager over there. So they brought him over, and it's like, yeah, yeah what what are you doing? These these people aren't the, the right people for the job, and I, I think mm. the the placement of Mattia Bonotto is. Is probably going to be positive for him. I mean, it's, it's it looks that way this season. Not as positive as it could be, but it, it's a, a step in the right direction. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed for I them. I
1: mean, I mean, Bonotto is an engine man, and Ferrari have the best engine on the grid, or at least the fastest engine. So, I mean, it's, yeah. it's went from there. So, the, everything, as you say, it's much. It's everything else. It's the culture within the team. It's the fear that if you make a mistake, you don't have a job, or you wake up with a horse's yeah. head in your bed. You know, it's... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's... It's just... It's that culture, and I don't think Vettel can work under that culture. I just don't think you get the best out of them. Now, you stick Vettel in Mercedes, obviously not with Hamilton, because I don't think Hamilton and Vettel on the same team would work, but, you know, you put them back in a Red Bull, you put them in a Mercedes without a, a Hamilton... Without yeah, the pressure. He's, he's going he's to be at the front, but... He doesn't work mm. well under pressure, and it's probably the most pressurized environment. It's Ferrari. Mm. Mm. You look, at, you you look
0: would, at who would you
1: put in that seat? Uh, you'd put Alonso back in that seat in Ferrari, yeah, because he's the only driver out there. And actually, touching on that, it was, was the last week or a few days ago. He severed ties with McLaren, uh, and I mm. think up until recently his Kamoa uh, hats were on sale in the McLaren shop. Uh, so read into that what you will, but he ain't doing any more testing with McLaren anymore. Uh, Sergey Sorokin's going to be doing the rest of the testing for uh, McLaren. Uh, so you know we could, I think, in the summer break we might talk about the silly season uh, and transfers and stuff. Mm. Uh, but you uh, go back to Austria uh, in the race. Uh, I think we'll. We'll go over to Gasly in uh, the Red Bull, another underperformer. Uh, not uh, really? Gasly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you got me there. Uh, he. Uh, I mean, Christian yeah. Horner's already came out and said that they promoted him too early. the The Red Bull driver academy just isn't working as it's it was intended. Uh, you know, I I would be very surprised if Gasly manages to get the end of the season, I mean he was if he wasn't in front of Verstappen in the first lap, he was next to him at least and then he ended up being lapped by the guy who won the race you know, doesn't bode well for him, mm. in the same car you know you know it's the same level of situation as Kubits and the Williams uh, Gasly just he's just not good he's just truly, in my opinion, he's truly awful He's not a good driver. He shouldn't be in the world of the Red Bull. Uh, and I think Red Bull treat the drivers bad when they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. There's no love lost there. We just get rid of them and find somebody else.
0: Uh, I agree with that, yeah. So which which one would they put yes. in uh, from Toro Rosso? They wouldn't give Kvyat they another go, do, would they? It would be do. Albon, you'd think.
2: I don't think they would. I think they'd the GP two. You reckon? Yeah. But
1: then reckon the thing is, I don't think there's MD&GP2 that has the super license points. You, you've got to have well, a, this is You've true. Got to the certain super license point. They have changed the rules, though, where you get a super license point when you do FP1. Uh, so they're limited with that, uh, with the super license points for FP2. But I think they would put caveat in. He's a different driver, and Mark- and Helmut Markle probably came out at some point this year and said he's, uh, he's matured uh, and talked the right way. I think Albon's, Albon's going to be in a Red Bull in the future, but you can't take Gasly out and say that you put him in a Red Bull too early to put Albon in, and then if he's not good, oh, sorry, we put him in there too early too? You just look like a laughingstock. Caveat, it's a known mm. entity.
0: Uh,
1: okay, yeah, but
0: but they they are they are known to make the they are known to make those well, sorts of yeah. kind of rash decisions as, as they were they put they put Max they put Max Verstappen straight in that the Red Bull as soon as Kvyat looked like he was I mean the Kvyat won the race before he got dropped so not 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 the exact race that he he got dropped after a bad a poor race but the race before that poor race. Uh, he won, or he, when he he was you know up there in 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 the in the second place or mm-hmm. third place, and, and and he really scored really well. So you know it's kind of. Bit... Then
1: do you think that that part was more to do with the fact they had Verstappen and the, and they knew what they had? Like mm. you saw Verstappen driving the Toro Rosso, and you thought, "Oh, we've got something here." Mm. So maybe it was that pushed it more than you don't see that sparking
0: then... in Albon then. <laughs>
1: No. Well, no, yeah. not to a point, but then you've also got Josh Verstappen in the garage probably punching people and holding them by their, their necks to get them in the Red Bull in the first place. And would you argue yeah. with Josh Verstappen? Nah, I would <laughs> uh, So maybe there was that. Uh yeah. no, Gasly, I think, it's a shame because I think the Red Bull experience is going to ruin his career. A bit like the stuff Stoffel Van Dorn with Honda and McLaren. Uh, you know, he destroyed GP2 or F2. And then came to Red Bull, yeah. uh, came to McLaren and uh, chewed him up and spat him out. And he's not exactly set for him like yearly either. Uh, so, hmm. you know, it's a shame for Gasly, but no. Nah. Uh, he doesn't do it for me. He shouldn't have been eighth. Is it eighth he finished? No, seventh? Yeah, no Seventh because it was Saints and eight. He shouldn't be seventh and he shouldn't have been laughed yeah. by Verstappen. Uh, so, uh, he... Uh, He's somebody that's in. He's in borrowed time. I think him and Kubitsa are going to uh, make some sort of world of disappointment fairground somewhere. I think. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what about you guys? What did you think of Gasly? Is there any saving? Can, can can he save himself, or is, it, is he done?
0: I think putting him back in the tower. I say, give him another chance down there in the in the. In the in the junior team, give them a bit more time.
1: What do you think, Kvyat or Albon?
0: Well, I'd, I think they've given Kvyat the time. the the the, the guy before I, I don't know Red Bull. Red Bull's the the junior, the the the, the big team, the senior team, the the, the main team. They're, they're the ones that make the the risky moves. Um, I'm going to throw a think... silly
2: season out there. Mm-hmm. Fernando Alonso in a Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that would be interesting.
2: Yeah,
0: I especially after one. the
1: comments that Horner made last year.
0: Well, Honda <laughs> wouldn't have him back.
2: Probably
1: not. Well, I, well, that's another thing. He drove Toyota. He's that, driving that, for Toyota in the World the WEC though, so that would be an issue.
2: He's left them now, though, hasn't he? Has
1: he finished that? Is that done?
2: Yeah, he's finished now. He's left them. Mm. He's, as far as I'm aware, Alonzo is literally like, a, a, in all senses of the word, he's a free agent. Though he, he's he going, can go going to wherever Ferrari, he which, wants
1: yeah. to. He's going to Ferrari. I think Vettel's already told Ferrari he's done. You
2: think? Here's, here's a question for you then, Coops. Right, we've been talking about great drivers and you know drivers that struggle in this. about, you know, comparing Seb to uh, Michael Schumacher and everything. Where where would you put Alonso? Would you say that he's one of the very greats, or would you say that he's a good driver that's underperformed?
1: No, he's a great driver that made stupid decisions. He he decided to go back. Do
2: you th- do you think? I think I I've always been of the opinion uh, the opinion right where I think to the to the basically hit the nail on the head. To be considered as one of the very, very greats, you've got to have gone to a team and then dragged mm-hmm. them up and made them better yeah. than what they were. And I'm not just talking about taking a car and ragging it round a, a track. Because all that means is that you've got bigger balls than anybody else that's on the yeah. on the track. It takes a lot more than that to drag a team forward and help them improve. Which Michael Schumacher came into Ferrari and he did that. He worked with everybody. His feedback made that team better. Senna did it. Senna did it better than most. Mm-hmm. Hacking and did it with McLaren. You know what I mean? They are that they're, they're three really good examples of it. To a lesser extent, but it shouldn't be overlooked. Lewis Hamilton did it with Mercedes as well. He joined yeah. and he dragged them forward in terms of their development. I mean that you know they were already widely tipped to to make a good jump forward but he was part of that and nobody can deny him that he made the right decision and he he helped that team go forward. All I've ever heard about Alonso is that he causes problems in teams and that he can drive a shit car but quick. But yeah, you're right. Sorry, I mean, a rubbish that, car is, quick.
3: <laughs> I think with, uh, we'll edit that if part you out. look at great
1: drivers, <laughs> uh, maybe to kind of go in the same vein as Alonso, Nigel Mansell was a great driver, but uh, from what I heard, he wasn't the nicest person to work with. Uh, looking at history. Alonso is seen as well, he, he
2: still dragged teams forward, though.
1: Well, that's it. Alonso did to a point, I think, the way that he behaved in the last, maybe the last year of the Honda McLaren uh, kind of partnership, you know, where he's parking the car and he's in the fire, you know, it was all about the Alonso show. And I think a lot of the yeah. why that broke down was because of Alonso, not because of anything else. Where he was saying GP two engine and shouting over the radio,
2: he knew what yeah, he was doing.
0: Absolutely. And I think Alonso. W- McLaren would have never got. W- McLaren would never have gotten rid of the Honda engine, had uh, had Alonso uh, made now, such an annoyance about it.
1: I mean, the reason why Honda and Red-, Red Bull have worked is because they put it in Toro Rosso. Uh, and last year, uh, Honda were swapping parts out. They just kept it quiet. They just got on with it quietly, and they, they, they just said, no, we're developing it. We're doing what we can. And McLaren should have done the same thing. They should have kept everything in-house. They should have just told the press, yep, yeah, it's a partnership. It's long term. We'll get there in the end. But no, you had Alonso coming yeah. out. and
2: But largely, though, Coops, they, they did on the whole. It was because of Alonso yeah. that a lot of, a lot of it got, out. Put out in the media, and then they had to make you know they had to make a and, um, either a big thing of it, or they had to decide say to say he, we're not we're not commenting. As you it.
1: say, he must have had far too much control on that team because he was allowed to do mm. it for three years. Yeah, uh, no,
2: absolutely. But he was the same at Ferrari as well, though. If you remember, he was exactly the same at Ferrari. Well, he,
1: he, yeah, there's there's a certain level of baggage, shall we say, that comes with Alonso. But on pure racing, he, I mean, the McLaren should never have been qualifying where they were when he was in it. Uh, you know, he he does drag up, he does drive a car well. He does, as a as a pure driver. He he does it well, and I think uh, some people could argue the same about Erland Senna to a degree. Maybe not the pull up politics behind the scenes, but if you look at the Senna Prost thing and you look at Japan where he said there was a gap and there wasn't a gap. There was that, he had that competitive edge, which was almost, it was just too competitive to a point. So there's always a flaw in someone. Uh, I think the thing with Hamilton this year, if you're looking at great drivers, Hamilton just doesn't seem to have a flaw the last couple of years. I think since when Rosberg beat him, and got in his head and beat him, he changed, and he just... Just drives the car well and does everything right. He takes he takes part. He started off like a senna style driver and then moved over to more of a prost style driver, more kind of you know Professor style. Is 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 the kind of the the, the kind of nickname for Prost wasn't the best, but mm. yeah, well Alonso. The car it, helps him do that a
2: lot, though, doesn't it? Yeah,
1: it does. But I think go back to what you were saying, Alonso is a great driver, but. He's never, be, he's never been able to show his full potential. He should be a four or five-time world champion. He's made wrong decisions, as you say. There's so much baggage with him. All that carry-on when he was with McLaren and Hamilton the first time round that cost a lot of money, and you know, and then the way he was with McLaren when he came back. Uh, you know, Ferrari have to take him back. There's, there's a lot. That's a, that's a big chance and a lot of baggage that you manage. But who else do you go to after you've been in the car for five years? You know,
0: and he's free. Hamilton. Would Hamilton go? Hamilton, he's he's not free for what two years? But Hamilton, it's what driver would want to turn down the opportunity to drive for Ferrari?
2: Again though, Tiller, I think he, he will look after his own interests and he'll know that Mercedes are still the front mm-hmm. runners. And if you a Formula 21. One driver, you you will want everybody in Formula One wants to put themselves in the best car to give themselves the best chance of winning the championship. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same with what we were saying about the teams doing the rules, they want to, you know, look after themselves. But I think you were just about to say then rules in 2021. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, once everything's reset again, it, will there be another team that surges towards the front like Mercedes did when they brought in the turbo era? It, it's possible, and he might look at it then and say, do "You know what?" Because by then, as well, don't you know? Don't forget, he could have matched um, Schumacher's seven titles by then. Oh,
0: he and he to will. be honest with you,
2: on, on do, current yeah. evidence, there's nothing stopping him. Is there really?
0: No, he he, he will. He'll he'll surpass Schumacher.
2: Yeah. But then you know. you know, you think every single person that you that you hear on the T V or on the radio or whatever that's ever been in any circle of Formula One, they all say any driver's any driver's dream before they leave Formula One is to drive for Ferrari. Exactly. You know, so I would never I'd never rule that out at all.
0: I'd like to see him in it. I think he'd look good in red. <laughs>
2: <laughs> It'd look a bit strange, wouldn't it? <laughs> It will end up driving into their pit box like you did. Uh... Right.
0: <laughs> oh yeah! So but, uh, Button did that the year before as well. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, I did. That, that's right. Uh, so we'll move on to the the top two, Leclerc and Verstappen. Now I don't know about you guys. I, I'm not sure if there was something that happened maybe three four laps from the end. I, I don't know. Uh, so Leclerc yeah, a bit
0: of conspiracy.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Tinfoil <laughs> hat or something. The lack of a gravel trap maybe. Uh, So, Leclerc took off, no issues, away he went. Uh, Verstappen had to climb back through the field from about 7th. I think what was the biggest point of why Verstappen was able to catch everybody so well was that he came into the pits like 9 laps earlier, I think, or later. uh, Because he had a lot fresher tyres by the time we got to the end of the race. Uh, and was able to... uh, Nice and calmly past Leclerc 3 laps from the end Uh, Of course that didn't happen Uh, So yeah 4 laps from the end, turn 3, tried it Down the inside, didn't quite manage it Next lap round Gets it, not quite as cleanly as probably would have liked Bit of the banging of the wheels Now I think if I'm right, Tiller You and I are both in the camp that it was hard Probably on the, probably the limit of legality, but fair it, it was legal. Uh, Smudge, I think you're on the side that it wasn't.
2: Uh. Uh, yeah, well I I I'm not necessarily saying that, it, that it's not I'm not necessarily saying that what he did was illegal mm-hmm. in terms of the rules of the sport. I think what my point is is the fact that 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 could have been, a, you know, a ten lap or however many laps it was till the end. It could have been a nose to tail, side by side. That you know, we were talking earlier in the the podcast about you know we we're, we're craving that old racing, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, properly racing each other side by side, corner after corner, setting each other up, and not just being able to sail by via DRS and this and the other. And I think. You know that that lap before, I think, is the prime example of the fact that they were they, you know, it, it wasn't something that had just materialised, you know, a couple of couple of metres before the corner. It was exactly the same thing. You know, Verstappen was chasing him all the way down um, past Turn One, all the way down that straight up the hill, through it down the inside. They both made it round. Leclerc stayed around the outside, which, in my opinion, is. That that's balls of yeah. steel from his point of view. He's managed to keep the car on the island. He's managed to keep it around the outside on the track. Verstappen's given him room, and then you know f- for the next lap they were nose to tail, and it was a case of my goodness, this is going to be an epic race. And then we get to the get to the same point on the next lap, and then in my opinion, it could have it should have been exactly the same. Leclerc was doing exactly what he did on the previous lap, but all of a sudden, there wasn't enough room for both of them apparently. Which is what the FIA have said: there wasn't enough room on the track for the, you know, for
0: Verstappen to do this, that, and the other. Um, and but was his? It's all about what, what, what would, what should Max have done? He he had lock on his steering wheel. Uh, he was he was pointing in the right direction. He didn't, you know, steer back towards Leclerc. Um. He was fur- much further than halfway. In fact, at one point, I think he was, you know, centimetres in front of uh, Leclerc. So well, what, what well, was when, he doing? If where you look at the replay again, when the
2: when the steering wheel started to straighten up, he was still pointing like 45 degrees as in, you know, going off the track. That's when he hit Leclerc. So in my opinion, he could have left room. And again, this isn't in my opinion. and A lot of people will probably disagree with me, but, you know, the way that I saw it was, it was very much like the, the previous lap when they both had plenty of room. We were all on the edge of our seats. I was jumping up and down thinking, yes, mm-hmm. this is going to be an amazing race to the end. It already had been an amazing race, watching for and chase everybody down. But then mm-hmm. uh, I think it's like I said to you guys yesterday, even if you take it out of you know th- that particular corner, I think my worry now is the fact that, Teams are getting wise to the fact that they can push a, a car out over a curb now rather than rather than leaving that that you know width there is a runoff area for cars to go into and a lot a lot of people have been saying that leclerc should have backed out i'm not sure where everybody's expecting leclerc to have backed out too because if he have put the brakes on his his front right would have been taken away and verstappen's rear left would have been taken
0: away because they would have hit so could he have switched? Could he have switched underneath and come come around to, uh, underneath? Max. I mean, how quickly are they supposed to react?
2: You know what I mean. How, how how quickly are they supposed to be able to do that kind of thing? At the end of the day, again, it goes back to the lap before Leclerc. When he's coming up to that corner, he's thinking lap before held it around the outside. And and if you watch the race as well both leclerc and hamilton constantly through the whole race held a very very high line through that that third corner they were it was almost like they were going too deep and they were going wide so i think all of that in into consideration i think it could have been better racing for a longer time and Mm. the thing that worries me is the fact that I, i i just think that drivers are now getting very wise to the fact that they can do certain things and position their cars in certain places where it's almost a slam dunk against the person that's trying to race against them and i don't like that i i, I would rather that they would be able to race alongside each other for a protracted amount of time because it's like i said yesterday as well when we were talking uh, you know on our messages I I worry that, you know, we could be spending all this time talking about new rule changes so that people can follow each other for, you know, much better when these new regulations come out. But what's the point if they're all just going to throw it up the inside and then, you know, complain that they they couldn't give each other any room? We're not going to get racing if that's the case because people won't try.
0: Would you have penalised Max? Uh, giving him a five-second penalty? Yeah, I would. Okay. Personally, yes, I would. It, is that because of what happened in Canada? Or is that just because... Is it, Are they two completely different situations? I think they are
2: completely different. However, one did kind of set a general precedent of... Mm-hmm. It, it's tough, isn't it? Because it's like I say, they were completely different. I don't think anybody can can try and argue that they were exactly the same kind of thing.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: However... I think I I kind of try and break these kind of arguments down into different separate sections. And I think the one thing that I kind of focused in on was the fact that in Canada, they argued that he wasn't fully in control of the car when he returned to the track. Now, (laughs) if they're saying that Max Verstappen threw it up the inside and he wasn't in control of his car, Oh, sorry. If they're saying that he threw it up the inside and he didn't have he didn't have chance or he didn't he he couldn't allow room for Leclerc, surely he's not in control of his car when he knows there's another car next to him. Well,
1: he was in full control of where he put the car and turned it, but the way yeah. that the turning works for that car, there was nowhere else for him to go. I mean, I think if he wasn't if he wasn't up the inside of him and it was like front wheel to rear wheel, that's a slant dunk that he's getting penalised. But the other side that you got to look at, Leclerc left the door open. If Leclerc keep that door shut, Max ain't going anywhere but round the outside. Or just
2: no, I do agree. But, I, I do agree. But again, you know, I think
1: I'm... Leclerc needs to take a bit responsibility for the fact that he knows that is the ultimate passing place. He'd done it in the previous lap. Position your car on the apex. Max ain't going to get round the outside in that corner. So, I mean, That's I think that. it could have been done a bit cleaner, but... You know, if Leclerc had nowhere else to go, neither did Max, really. It wasn't like Rosberg in 2016 against Hamilton, when you could see that he, that Rosberg straightened and then turned at the last minute because he knew that Hamilton was around the outside and they lost they lost wings. and uh, So, you want close racing. I can see why people were aggrieved of it, but if you're a fan of the sport, that was a great race, even with the Verstappen-Leclerc ending. Uh, mm. uh, in my opinion, I think the biggest controversy of all that was the fact that it took the FIA three hours to make the decision that it was right.
2: That shouldn't have taken three hours.
1: Yeah, uh, It should have been done within... I, I'm, I'm just looking bit.
2: at... I'm, I'm actually watching it again. And... Uh, <laughs> This, this will probably surprise you, but now I'm actually watching it again. I'm actually even more sure now that I'm annoyed at Verstappen not allowing room, to be perfectly honest with you. He he almost... He took the race in line. On the apex of the corner, he was still going forward. It was a bit like Rosberg and Hamilton a few years ago. He was still going forward, literally straight forward, at the apex of the corner. No, I'd need to look at it again. He, he, didn't, he didn't actually turn in. He didn't actually turn in on the apex
0: of the corner. But, it, but he was already halfway up. He'd already got half the, th- the majority of the move. Yeah, yeah, he was
1: the alongside he'd already alongside before darted, the
0: He'd he darted down the side. He'd, he'd, you know, and, so basically, yeah. if he goes up there 50 miles an hour
2: quicker than Leclerc does and then slams the brake on and then you know, goes off the track, does Leclerc have to slow down and then give him the place back because he'd already because he was alongside
0: him at the apex? Well, he was in the wrong position, so maybe he could, he
1: could switch. Well, no, because you would argue that He wasn't in full control of the car yeah. at that point. But that's the same he principle. He on on to to make, if he's not in car.
0: control of the
2: car to take the apex, then he can't expect Leclerc to just let him have the corner. If he's not, if if he's if he's gonna try and outbreak somebody on the inside, he needs to take the inside line around that corner, fully around that corner. If he can't, if he can't slow that car down quick enough to take the apex and take the inside line, he's not in control of that car. That's Mm -hmm. that's my personal view on it. And it's like I say, you know, knowing that Leclerc was taking the higher line anyway, he's then come across on his line. When Leclerc was still, he was still next to. Well, him. It's
0: not his line; it's the racing line. I, I don't know. I, if I you
2: think look it's at Carlos I mean, Sainz on the first lap as well, he managed to make that overtake, no problems whatsoever, and he still take he still took an inside line. He didn't force anybody off the track. Hmm.
1: I think it's when it would so, be... I, I don't think that. Ah, in my opinion, I don't think he forced him off the track. I think, I think there was a good tweet actually. I think it was Pedro De La Rosa that put out, or somebody. might not have been Pedro. Uh, that a lot of drivers now, because of the runoff areas, will just keep the car in the outside line, and then say, "I was squeezed off yeah. the track." Now, if there was a gravel trap there, Leclerc's they not that. keeping his car in the outside line, he's giving mm. up that corner and trying the undercut, or he's got three more laps to try and do. exactly what must uh, have happened there into that corner so i think there's an element of mm. the way that you know we're moving away from gravel traps now and having all these runoff areas and the odd sausage curb and whatever else so i think there's an element and you, yeah. i think you touched on it in the messages as well where you know they were jumping on the radio again a bit like the formula one version of footballers waving the yellow flag uh, or the yellow card at the referee. Yeah, yeah. you Because know, they know the FI is watching yeah, yeah. and listening. Absolutely. Uh, it's one of those ones where everyone's going to have an opinion. I felt that it was really, really hard racing, but I didn't feel that it deserved a penalty, uh, which, as we'll move on to, because uh, I'm kind of conscious of the time, is what happened. And as a result of Verstappen, finally, after three hours of them talking and discussing it, he, he gets his first place. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I think probably the most touching part of that whole, thi- whole thing was seeing the Honda uh, guy on the podium with tears in his eyes. Now, as McLaren fans, uh, it's the nice tears he's mm. getting, not the other tears he was getting for the two years at McLaren. Uh, and uh, just for a wee, wee bit of trivia there mm. for, for Pillar, that's the first time that Honda have won a race since Jenson Button won Hungary in 2006.
2: So yeah, it's mad, it's long, it has been a
1: long, long time coming.
3: It's, 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 it's
1: a long yeah, time, exactly. thirteen
2: years. Isn't it? Then again, how long? How long were they out of the sport for? Two
1: thousand and eight, they dropped out. It was the crisis in two thousand and eight. Yeah. yeah, it's was when it Braun 2008,
3: was the bronze
1: won. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you imagine that the,
2: so they've been out of there for a good ten years, haven't they?
1: It's been thirteen years since they won. Uh, since they won the last race, uh. So, uh, an amount of respect for Honda for sticking it out, because, you know, after the three years at McLaren, them turning around and saying, you know what, screw it, we're done. Uh, but, yeah, yes, so, and for Honda to win that race, uh, people are going to talk about that race for years. It's going to be something that you, you could put on. If you were wanting to watch any race over the last couple of years, uh, if you take away Baku, Maybe not this year's, but last year's, one of the year before. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Austria would be one that you'd want to show people. Uh, I was listening to something online that one of their first... They, they introduced... Somebody on uh, Twitter or something they did. Introduced a non-Formula 1 friend to the French Grand Prix last weekend. Uh, <laughs> uh, spent the rest of the week apologising right. for how bad that race was. Uh so, you know, this is, this is what we want to see every week. Now, we're not going to see it every week, but you want to see something close to it. But uh, for the race uh, in Austria, I think it's a good bit to kind of stop it at. Honda get their first one since 2006, and it was Jensen Bunnett and Jensen Button in Hungary that done it. I don't know. That is kind of the end of the review of Austria.
0: Yeah, so it was a great race. We've we've done a good job today, Excellent talking about job. that. Um, is there anything else you want to add? Have you, uh, How yeah. how are we doing in the uh, the, the, the dream team, the, the fantasy league for everything F one? How did I do? Uh, <laughs> I don't even know. Well, if,
1: if you can talk amongst yourselves for two seconds, I will just get it up for us. Uh, I'm doing a bit of left handed left handy googling <laughs> here. Uh, well, actually, there's the uh, the only other bit of information that's came out is I think Park Fry is leaving McLaren. I think that was announced today. Yeah. That's interesting.
2: I wonder if that's because of changes that's actually happening at McLaren because it, it says that it's indicated that it's, he he made it known that he wanted to leave. Mm. So they put him on gardening leave. Mm. Yeah. So that begs the question, is he going somebody is is he going to somebody else or know, what, what exactly is happening there.
0: Who'd have him? Williams?
1: Ben him.
2: Yeah, I think they would. I mean, if you think about it, if, you know, Paddy Lowe's just left, hasn't he? So, mm-hmm. kind of makes uh, makes sense, I suppose, doesn't it, really? Would but they then,
0: have yeah. the money to, to have him? Or would it be maybe on a performance-related pay? Hmm. <laughs> Mm, I suppose it's a question.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you've also got to think. McLaren have got James Key from Toro Rosso coming in, so that's finally getting sorted out. Uh, so maybe there was wasn't room to have those two people in the same team. Maybe. Uh, maybe that's case. So it could be something as innocuous as that, you know. Okay, so I've got the the. The Everything F1 Fantasy Dream Team League up and running. So we'll go over. We'll go over. Okay. In, from back to front, we'll go with Austria's kind of results. So in 11th, is Alolo. It is I, Leclerc, with 94 points. Uh, Morgan F1, which is me, with 104 points. We have, I'm 10th. Mr. Vane Everything F1 is 9th with 113. Uh, poor old killer. Uh, the Unwinnables in 8th with 142. Uh, for that, there's two sixth places. Uh, is Perman Racing F1 and Hammer Time at 146 each. JTL Racing is 5th with 156. 4th is Frankly Desert with 173. And 3rd place with 188 is at British Diamonds. Number two is I've got to stop. I've got a lump in my throat. One nine one. And top of the standings is Turbo Dan with two hundred points. Wow, eh? That's that's an amazing amount of points for that one. Let's see what he had. If it's all been changed, he had he had Ferrari, eh, Gasly, Ricardo, Saints, Norris, and Vettel. Gave him two hundred mm. points.
0: Wow. Um, so he's done well because he was he's quite close to the bottom of the overall overall league, so that's gonna give him a, a good boost for for an overall yeah, he might raise a few a few spaces. You might
1: do if I just up, back up the, the and the check there.
0: I'll look at the I have lead. severely dropped off. I, I started this fantasy league very well. I was I was second behind British Diamonds who has just run away with it, away with it frankly. Uh, they're doing amazing. Yeah, work. they've,
1: they've uh, British Diamonds have stayed first since the start. Yeah,
0: they, they've uh, perfect choices, and they've, yeah, they've stayed there. Um, and as I was second underneath British Diamonds, and then I, I've just you know, fallen way back. And after that result as well, by the sounds of it, second to last of or third to last, whatever it was. I'm well, uh, the better. overall
1: scores. The overall scores we've got an eleventh place. Is Morgan F1 with 903.
0: Who's that again? Uh, that's, <laughs> that's me,
1: thank
3: you. Uh,
1: in 10th place is JTL Racing with
3: 1019.
1: <laughs> the Unwinnables in ninth with 1047. The Turbo Dan is moved up to 8th with 1072. In 7th is Mr. Vane, Everything F1 is 1077.
0: That's me.
2: That's, That's
1: you. List low I've, low st- low. I've stuck into seven. Yep. Alo, Alo, it is I. Leclerc because 1,122.
2: Good grief, I've gone down a little bit.
1: <laughs> Not too bad, though. Permanent on racing, 1,148. So frankly does it, 1,172. Hammer time in third with 1,210. In second place, I've got to stop. I've got a lump in my throat with 1,220. And romping away with it just now, British Diamonds, 1,518 points in the first place. This is British Diamonds are about, if you're saying around 200 for the top spot, maybe one and a half races ahead at the minute. So there needs to be a a big uh, drop-off.
2: And to think he's got Robert Kubica in his team as well, good grief. (laughs)
1: That's, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. If you just give him some points just for showing up, I don't know. Uh, I,
0: I think it's safe to say that's probably not his uh, his his special driver.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, and just wow, one cut. final piece of breaking news: it was found that Robert Kubica wasn't the driver of the day at yeah. the Austrian <laughs> Grand Prix. as announced by the Shock Formula him. One website. Yeah, there was uh really? You do surprise me. Yeah, there was a quote-unquote technical issue, and it was actually Max Verstappen that was the te- the driver of the day. Uh, now, you can take that Is with that what you will Is that because
2: I gave it to him just in case, about 210,000 Dutch fans when and lynched them for not giving it?
1: Yeah, I think that was another reason why they kept the decision about the the, the race uh, <laughs> until three hours later, just in case yeah. they had decided to go the other way. Yeah, uh, they wanted to make sure yeah. the stewards actually got home.
0: Uh, and they particular. would certainly have had to walk out with hats on and dark glasses and <laughs> undercover oh, they, if oh, they'd have they given the p- uh, penalty. James,
1: they weren't walking out of the other; were getting a helicopter flown out of the country. <laughs> I think <laughs> uh, if that was the case. Uh, so yeah, that that's the. Everything F one fantasy league. If you want to join it, we'll, we'll see. We'll probably do it next year. Uh, we'll try and get it out a bit more, uh, but we'll try and keep it updated. Uh, and you just can all laugh at the failing of me. At last, uh,
2: uh, like the French Grand Prix. <laughs> yeah, if you don't want to be last, then join our one because Coops will will literally take care of that position for all of you it's not a oh, problem
1: yeah yeah you'll pass about three laps i'm the i'm the <laughs> robert kibitzer of that league you're fine don't worry
2: about it uh, no if you put robert uh, kibitzer in you'll you'll jump from last to first yeah i don't know what british
1: diamonds does
2: but it's, it's the, the way he's, that seems uh, to work yeah
1: british diamonds has kept it in first place pretty much the whole thing through i don't think she's ever been away from absolutely first, uh at all Yeah. Uh, so, that, that, so I think that's us caught up. We've got no more news that that's it. has been announced as yet. Usually Tuesday's the news day. Let's have a quick look. There's no nothing that I've seen. Has anybody else seen anything they want to mention news-wise? No. No, oh, I, th- sure.
0: I, th- I think that's that's pretty much it. So well, we'll probably have to wrap this up now, but it's been really good talking to you guys. I'm, I really want to do this uh, regularly, a regular thing. Uh, hopefully uh, page followers will also want to join in and give us a few questions as well and and, and kind of throw, throw a few th- curveballs at us so we can get talking and maybe even arguing at, at each other's throats. We've got loads of plans for the future for Everything F1, so keep... Uh, join in our page invite your friends invite your family uh, and please please just just share our page as much as you can and build our audience so we can bring you more and more of this sort of content so it's thank you very much from me it's thank you very much from my co-stars which are james houghton thanks folks and my other co-star which is jamie cooper thank you yep and that's everything for today for everything everyone and our first podcast thank you goodbye